0: Okay. Bismillahi Rahman Rahim. Go ahead, please.
1: Yes, Bismillah Rahman Rahim. We are in a summary of Islamic jurisprudence with Sheikh Abu Toba. This book is written by Sheikh Saleh Fozan and we are on chapter four. The chapter is called Option in Trade Transactions. To begin. Islam is a lenient and comprehensive religion that cares for Muslims' interests and mitigates difficulties to make things easy for them. This is evident in the legal rulings concerning trade transactions, as Islam gives each of the seller and the buyer the choice to consider his own interest so that he can confirm what benefits him and cancel out what appears to be against his interest regarding the sale. Option in sales means seeking that which is better in either the conclusion or the avoidance of the sale. And Sheikh, I forgot to mention the poem at the beginning of this.
0: Go ahead. You can recite the report poem. Go ahead. Bismillah.
1: Nah. Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Al-Bay, or means to buy and sell, and business transactions have laws as well. Ten specifics are defined. Conditions we must bear in mind. Options, interest, roots, and fruit, cause bad transactions don't compute. Advance payments we pawn and make, collateral debt with loans we take. Our words, our bonds we're bound to keep, a debt transfer when ends don't meet. Patents, copy, residual rights all help merchants sleep at night.
0: Alhamdulillah, continue. We're dealing with Al khia which is choices. Okay, or options. Go ahead.
1: Now, nah, there are eight types of option in trade transactions. First, option during the session. Both the seller and the buyer have the choice to confirm or cancel the deal as long as they have not separated from the place of the deal. For the Prophet said, what may mean? Both the buyer and the seller have the option of canceling or confirming the bargain as long as they have not parted and are still together. His eminent scholar, if we don't him.
0: I'm sorry, but this is important to understand because when you're still there, you're still learning. You're learning the price, you're learning the quality, you're looking at the thing. So you might have walked in and agreed to buy from this particular person, but that agreement to buy whatever it is by is now still hanging on whatever else comes after. So if something comes afterwards that is distasteful or is a deal breaker, You can break the deal and you're not obliged just because you walked in the store.
1: Continue. Now, his eminent scholar, Ibn al-Qayyim, may Allah have mercy on him, said, the lawgiver has ordained the option during the session while concluding trade transactions for the interests of the two parties to achieve full consent and satisfaction with the loss which Allah stipulates in transactions when he says by mutual consent, when he says what what may mean, by mutual consent, Quran, Surah An-Nisa, ayah 29. What, just, uh, hold on one second.
0: Okay, if we look at this particular statement, he says his eminence scholar. So this is just a bad translation. There should be a comma there. His eminence, the scholar Ibn al-Qayyim. So they were just trying to show, you know, the, the respect that they have for the sheikh. And people shouldn't get confused about, about that because some of the English is not pronounced in the same way or not put together in that same way. So he's saying the lawgiver, the lawgiver is Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has ordained, he has ordered and made it part of the law. That the option during the session, the session is the, the time frame from which you have started to talk about buying something okay, while concluding, right before you have concluded and walked away, okay? For the interests of the two parties, both the buyer and the seller, to achieve full consent, and full consent is consent from both ends. And satisfaction, this is very important, because if you're not satisfied, you do not have to buy, you're not forced to. And Allah has stipulated that with the words. So now they're telling you the words that, that. Are the legal proofs and Allah says by mutual consent, which is translated could mean by mutual consent. Okay, in Surah Nisa, twenty-nine. Okay, continue.
1: Um, sometimes a contract is concluded without being reconsidered or reviewed. Therefore the perfect Sharia, Islamic law, necessitates the existence of a session during which the two parties can reconsider the deal. Thus, according to the aforementioned hadith. The seller and the buyer have the choice to confirm or cancel the deal as long as they have not separated from the place of the deal. However, if the two parties or one of them ignores this aspect of choice, the deal is still deemed valid as it is concluded. This choice is a right related to both the seller and the buyer, and each of them is allowed to ignore it as long as they have not parted and are still together or one of them gives the other the option of keeping or canceling the bargain, as the Prophet wasallam said. However, it is prohibited for each of the two parties to hasten to leave the other in order to prevent him from reconsidering the deal. Amr ibn Shu'aib reported that the Prophet wasallam said, what may mean, and, it's not, and it is not permissible for one of them to separate from the other for fear that the latter may demand that the bargain be rescinded.
0: Okay, so now what we're we learning here is game. You know, I grew up in New York City, and I've traveled, you know, all over different markets around the world. And one of the things that is similar in all of these big markets is eat it and beat it, get it and go. No smoking and joking. I always say that because that's what you, you notice at those places. Eat it and beat it, meaning conclude the sale and get out of here. Get it and go. Take your product, get out of my face, okay? No smoking and joking. We're not here to have conversations and reminisce, this is business. So how is that played out in, in the business world? Let's say you walk into a person's shop. They have a glass counter. They have products under that glass counter. They have things behind them. And they have other customers in there. What the seller tries to do, I, I notice, is conclude the sale from you and walk away, so he can say this this transaction has ended. So he, some of them will do it in a nasty way. They'll put your stuff in a package, push it to your direction, and then quickly walk off. You know, because and that's what is I understand is not permissible for one of them to separate from the other out of fear that the latter may demand that the bargain be rescinded. And a lot of times they don't want you to look at the product to touch. Stop touching it. And you might break it here. Just take it. You want it or not? And in those cases, the answer should be not because that person has shown signs of untrustworthiness. But if you don't know better, if you haven't learned, and this is why these lessons should be taught in your young teenage years. So that you understand what life is like before you get out there and start getting ripped off. And have to learn on your own. You should understand what's going on. And we are dropping the ball by not starting the teaching of these particular lessons at an earlier age, nine, 10 years old, when they're going to the store for you and learning these particular things. And you say to your child, why did you walk away? Why did you come back with this? Well, that's what he gave me. No, you're supposed to look at it, son. And now you have to go down to the store. And I've done that. I have a lot of children. I've had to go through that and learn that, man, I should have taught him before he went to the store what to look for and how to deal with this. Some of this is done by them accompanying you. Most of it should be done through learning from what the Prophet like, so said. So here we have here if you do not do your part in looking at the property that you're purchasing or whatever the thing that you're purchasing. If you do not uh, follow your due diligence, you, the other person is not to blame for your ignorance. And that's what is meant by here. The person is allowed to ignore it. You've got the option, you don't choose it, it's your fault, not the other person's fault. Continue.
1: Yes. <clears throat> second. The second, op- the second type of option, option of stipulation. The two parties can stipulate during or after concluding the contract that a certain period of option to accept or reject the deal is to be specified. If both of them agree to that, then they have the right of option whether to accept or reject the deal within the specified period.
0: Okay, so sometimes we see this, we we see this, and you buy online, or some products when you go in it, it'll say on the product, or they'll tell you, you have a 10-day money-back guarantee. Okay, you have a, a 24 hours if you can bring it back. If you bring it back within three days, you get all your money back. If it's not broken, they'll stipulate that. Now, you're, it says here the two parties can stipulate. You have agreed if you buy it while they put the sign in plain view. They didn't put it in the fine print. And once they make it clear, that's why they put it at the register or they put it right there, a sign at the product, telling you what their money back guarantee is or if it does not exist, okay? These types of things. Go ahead.
1: This is because the Prophet وسلم, said what translated means. Muslims must keep to the conditions that they make. Okay, this Moreover, is a
0: translation. This this translation is from a statement that could be translated other ways. Al Muslimun ala Shurutihim. That's what it says in Arabic. The Muslims are held by their or are bound by the conditions they keep. So that's why he says, "Muski al-Muslimun ala shurutih So you agreed. Your word is your bond. Now I'm telling you things that I've seen in different places that have Muslims and non-Muslims. Why? Because these things are the natural way. You know. So Islam is telling you what's the the fitra, the natural disposition of every person in the world. Now, some people break it more than others, those who are further away from the fifth or further away from Islam. But this is not just an Islamic thing, is what my point is. Islam is the best way, whether they know it's Islam or not. And that's what you'll see in business. They'll understand that this is the best practice that Islam demands it. It's one of the things that guided so many businessmen to Islam. Go ahead, moreover.
1: Moreover, the validity of the option of stipulation is indicated in the general meaning of the following Quranic verse. As translated to English, O you who have believed.
0: Excuse me, the following
1: Quranic ayah. As translated into English, O you who have believed, fulfill all contracts. Quran, Surah al-Ma'idah, Ayah 1. However, it is permissible for each of the two parties to make a special condition to serve his own interests, even if the other does not make any, provided the other agrees. At any rate, option of stipulation is something that concerns the seller and the buyer, and they are allowed to use it in the way they like, provided there is mutual consent.
0: And mutual consent is that you do not say anything about it, okay, at the time. And and so sometimes you'll find, people making statements that you don't agree with and if you don't say anything they'll take it as no you agree i said it you you didn't do anything and you'll find that in in, this is a reason why for myself i made sure one of the reasons i learned the language of the countries that i was in and the people i'm doing business with and you'll see this in business as well there'll always be someone in the room when they're doing business with other people other countries other tongues, that speaks the language of the other person and is advising the, the decision maker what they are saying in their language so they can understand. I Just yesterday, I took a cab, and when we got to the place, the person said, oh, I didn't know it was over here. You have to give me five extra real. I said, no, I do not. I clearly told you where we were going, Okay. I told you exactly where we we're going, and you said it was going to be this, and we agreed on this particular price. I'm not going to pay a penny higher. He said, well, I thought it was on the other side. It doesn't make a difference what you thought. I told you exactly where we were going, and you agreed, okay, whether it was on one side of it or on the other side of it. It's the same place. I didn't lie to you, okay, and I didn't deceive you. So he had to accept that I was not going to pay extra. But he, wanted, he said it in an offhand way. Oh, you have to pay five extra like that. No, no, of course, brother, you have to pay five extra. No. So you have to clearly understand what they're saying. And they have to clearly understand what you're saying. Or this is why they get more money out of Westerners. In a lot of cases, when they're doing business, because they say, oh, no, you didn't understand Arabic. You said it wrong. You said this so now You have to pay for the inconvenience. And the Westerner digs in his pocket and pays more because he knows he's not sure that he said it right because there's a language difference. This is why it's very important to understand the language that you're going to be doing business with. Continue.
1: Now, the third type of option, option in the case of deception. If the buyer or the seller is gravely deceived due to misjudgment of the sale, he is permitted to confirm or cancel the deal. The Prophet Wasallam said, what translated means, One should not harm others, nor should one seek benefit for oneself by causing harm to others.
0: This is a major, thick principle. It's one of the five major, thick principles. You should memorize it. There have been volumes uh, or chapters and chapters and chapters written on this statement. La wa la is how Allah says it, Allah's Messenger mm-hmm. said it. It's only four words. Okay, both the word two, two is actually made of two words in different forms. <speaking> in <Spanish> okay. So you need to understand it very, very carefully. I like the way he translated. One should not harm others unintentionally, nor should one seek benefit, a one-sided benefit. Through causing harm to others. But we see that this principle, and it's so important principle, is the basis for lots of businesses. They use deception to one-sided benefit and cause harm. And this is why they have these uh, court cases against those people. Because once they knew that their product caused harm. And they did not inform the consumer of what they knew of the harm. They were violating this natural principle that even if it wasn't an Islamic one, you see millions and billions of kuffar arguing this case in the courtroom when they get the, the you know, reparations for their clients from being harmed by someone's knowingly harming their customers. You see how I'm, I'm trying to make the point that even though this is Islam, it's such a natural principle that the courtroom is filled with people arguing this principle, the second part, that my client, I mean, my, the, 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 the company, I say, made, or the producer made and sold this to my client knowing it would make their hair fall out, knowing that it causes cancer. And they did not inform my client. Sold cigarettes to them knowing that it causes cancer. And that's why they have to put on the cigarettes. This causes cancer. Right? So that they say, hey, we yes. let them know. We didn't deceive them. And this is also why when you buy products on the internet, and you once you receive the product, you automatically have the right to send it back and get your money back. Right without any cost to yourself, because now that you have it in your hands, you might have misjudged the sale. And so they have to put in a concept in there, a principle, sorry, a practice in there for the possible misjudgment of what you purchased once you receive it. But the time frame is very short. You have to make that decision within a very short period of time, or you're playing games. And you don't get your money back and things like that. So they send a little box and they send you a, a self, you know, mailing thing. And they pay for the postage to receive their product back and you get your money back. All these are in place in the regular world because of the Islamic principles. And Allah knows the fitrah of the people because he created them. Do you see these guys? You, see, you notice this, Mr. Boyd?
1: Yes, sir. I have a question about this principle. Go for it. Typically this is the first time I've heard this translated like this. Usually when I see this principle translated, it's it's translated like one should not harm others, nor reciprocate harm. Why is that? Why is it translated like that?
0: Okay, okay. number one, I, I say this over and over again, mainly because the people who initially started translating these things in English were not original Arabic speakers, nor original English speakers. We initially got a lot of our Islamic education from people of the Desi background, the Indians, Indo-Pak people. They were, you know, tra- they were colonized by the British, and so they learned English, and they put everything in Urdu and a lot of things in in English as well. And we received those, you know, things, and then people got stuck on stupid and kept those translations of those difficult phrases, and people like us, the Americans. The, the actual United States, Americans, Canadians, we have been lazy and we have had this super utopian mentality for anybody who wrote something on Islam that was not an American. So we thought that, well, their ice cream must be icier, right? They must know it better than us because we've only been in Islam for a short period of time and we've only just learned the language. Our understanding must probably faulty. But as time is going by, we realize that, no, we're not at fault. It is what it is. We've learned enough and realize that their translation is wrong or lopsided. Okay. I said, this is one of the five major principles of fiqh and usul fiqh Okay. So it has multiple meanings. One should not harm others covers reciprocating harm. You see that? Because it's general. You should not harm others. Yes. It means that if I got harmed, does not allow me the right to harm the other person back. So one should not harm others, covers that. But the second part is usually missed, and that is dirar, la darar, wa la dirar. Dirar is the intentional harm for my one sided benefit. Okay? And that's been translated well here. Hmm. You follow follow me? So no reciprocating harm is let's say the woman gets divorced and she has a child. So she's feeling she has a hardship here. It doesn't mean that she can take all of the man's money. Okay, of the the ex-husband and his still father. That's why the courts demand to know how much the man makes. So she can't reciprocate harm by taking all his money because the cost of living has a standard or whatever it is like that. She can only demand a percentage of his wealth. Even though we know in actuality the the money that people pay, pay in the United States for child support does not go to the child. It is for the state. He's paying the state, not the child. So, And, you know, there's been a landmark case that shows that it's not for the benefit of the child. But that's a different issue. The point here is that the percentage, only a percentage is taken so that they won't reciprocate harm. Okay, because the lady has already proven her case. If it's gotten that far, that she is harmed by being divorced and having this child to defend for without having an in-home, an at-home father for the child. So she is due some type of reciprocation, but she can't reciprocate it by harming the father so that he cannot work, or I mean, so that he cannot live and have a, 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 a normal lifestyle. Does that make sense, what I'm saying here? Yes, Ustaz. Okay, continue,
1: please. Okay. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, also said what may mean, the property of a Muslim is not lawful to be taken except by his consent. No one likes to be deceived through the sale, but if the resulting loss is insignificant and usually occurs among people, the deceived person has no option to cancel the sale, to cancel the deal. The option in case of deception.
0: This means, this is covered in Surah al this concept here of what we call insignificant deception. Okay? It's not insignificant. But what it is is calculated, okay? And, and this is why businessmen are, you know, are, are are told to do sadaqa and to be very, very careful. I have to have a high level of taqwa. What the, the seller does, he knows the market value. And so he can set his prices at in a way that the buyer says or has no choice but to pay whatever he asks for. Insignificant deception is when you, what we call nickel and dime the individual. You say, for example, in, in the West, a lot of times they'll do this by saying the product is $5. Then you go to the counter and it's $5.50. You say, hold on, man, you said it was $5. But it's an insignificant rise, so you give the 50 cents. But at the end of the day, he's robbed and he's gained another hundred dollars on this fifty cents throughout the day. Fifty cents here, fifty cents here, fifty cents here. Every time you turn you turn around, he's getting fit. This is called a mutaffif, okay? And he is guaranteed jahannam if Allah doesn't forgive yes. him. But Allah's word is ha. Wayoon lil mutaffifin aladina ida khalu they, they, when they, when they, when they They lie. When they do it for themselves, they get full measure. When they do it for others, they cheat them. But how is the cheating? Very little cheating so that you, you, you pay it and don't want to argue over 50 cents. Your manhood, your chivalry doesn't allow you to go into and beat the person to death over 50 cents. So they get away with it. And that's what it's meant by. He says the deceived person has no option to cancel the deal. Okay? Because he likes the product. And he knows the market value. And this is just a little bit over the market value. I see. Deception is huge. This is why we said the maqasid of the sharia my deen, my mind, my wealth, my honor, my lineage, myself. So deception in business destroys your honor and your wealth. And this is why it's important, again, that we understand these things. Go ahead. The option in case of deception or misjudgment is applicable in cases.
1: Read on. No, Applicable in three cases. The first case is that of deceiving a stranger seller or merchant by meeting him before he reaches the market. If a Muslim enters into a business transaction with such a seller or merchant, and then the merchant finds out that he has been paid less, he legally has the option to cancel or confirm the transaction. Imam Muslim re- compiled that the Prophet ﷺ said what translated means do not meet a merchant on his way and enter into business transaction with him. Whoever meets him and buys from him, and then the owner of merchandise comes into the market and finds that he has been paid less he has the option to declare the transaction null and void. Thus, the Prophet wasallam prohibits a Muslim to meet a stranger, merchant, before he reaches the market. The Prophet wasallam teaches us that if such a merchant finds out that he has been paid less, he legally has the option to cancel or confirm the transaction. al Islam ibn Taymiyyah May well have mercy okay, on before him you set. go, be,
0: before you before you go to Ibn Taymiyyah and his student. Okay, first we have to understand. There's another bunch of things we want to understand here. Number one, Allah's Messenger is teaching us how to do business, and notice he's not teaching us just to be consumers. This is the thing: the West trains and raises us to be consumers, whereas Islam teaches us to buy wholesale. Okay, so all the laws you see, most of the laws you see, dealing from the perspective of business is teaching you how to do wholesale business, big business, take your money and buy 12, you know, buy it, then, then, then divide it up and sell. You should constantly be making business so that you make a profit. You need some of these things, buy a bunch of them and open. And everybody in your neighborhood should know that you sell these nits and bits and things like that. So they come to you and you got a good deal for them. So you make money on your purchases. Or you buy the Prophet used to buy the goods for his home for a year and then he considered the rest of his money profit. So he's looking to gather money up. So he buys rice for a year, he buys dates for a year, he buys the things that he needs for a year and stores it in his house. And now he's, he's, he's at ease. And this is what he would do every year. Some people say six months. So our mentality has to change when we look at how Allah's messenger, is teaching us to set up our lives. So here he's talking about a merchant who has a product that he's bringing. He's not coming just with money to the market to buy other people to be just a consumer. He's bringing a a product to the market. Now what happens is people, when you come into a country with your product or into a strange city with your product, People not really with a strange city for the United States, but let's say, even in a strange city, I did this when it went to Oklahoma and they have all those those those, those uh, mini markets that they have, those, those, I forget the name of it. Dowd Bang. Flea Market, that's what it is. They have all those flea markets. And so you purchase a spot in a flea market and you bring your product. As soon as you start setting up, other traders come to you. They come, they crowd around your place. And they want to see what product you're unloading. And then they want to buy one or they want to touch it. They want to see who has some. Anybody got this in his thing right here? Oh, he has some. How much are you selling it for? That's what they want to know. They're not going to tell you what the market value is because they want to rip you off. They want to buy some from you at a lesser price than what it's worth. And this is what's not allowed in Islam. You're not allowed to take, to buy, I'm sorry, he had to buy it from someone by hiding the market value. And this is also upon the person on another. so you, the know, merchant, when in the product should find out what the market product is before you sell, but that's, Hey, I'll take them all from you. I'll tell I'll buy them all. And you think, well, let me get this money right now. And cause I could save me some time. And by he's buying it from you for such a lower price that even if you did make a small profit, you've lost a significant amount of wealth. So this teaches us to, these again, Allah's teaching us game, teaching us the streets and how things are done and what to keep our eyes open to. And a lot of people don't understand that this is the culture of Islam the dean of Islam, not just the Ibadah, not just the tawhid because sadly you find many, many Muslims doing this nowadays, ripping off other people and paying them less. Even when I was working for, let's say, Maghrib Institute in and a Rahma Institute, these different places. And they would tell us to come in and do lectures for the weekend and stuff like that. They would pay for our hotel, pay for our travel, and give us a couple of hundred dollars. But then take our writings, all the things I wrote on a board, I didn't realize. They were taking them and compiling them into a workbook and selling those workbooks. Okay, to the students. Oh, here, yeah, $20. Take, Abu Talba's workbook. And we get nothing on that. Nothing. So you know, you don't know these you don't know the game. Okay? So you get involved and then you're injured by it. So Islam is teaching, it's teaching us. Okay? Now read what Sheikh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah said.
1: No. The Prophet ﷺ stressed that a stranger merchant has the option to cancel or confirm the trade transaction if the buyer meets him outside the market before the former knows about the recent market value, for it is a kind of deception and fraud. Ibn al-Qayyim, may Allah have mercy on him, stated, This transaction is forbidden as the buyer can deceive the seller merchant using the latter's unawareness of the market value and pay him less than what is due. Therefore, the Prophet wasallam, gives such a merchant the right of option, whether to cancel or confirm such a deal when he enters the market and knows the recent market value. Such a merchant's right of option in case of deception is indisputable, as he does not know the actual market value for his goods, and thus the buyer is legally considered deceitful. Likewise, a stranger has the same right if he has sold something exceedingly more expensive than that of the market value.
0: Okay, so you understand why I gave the case of, like I said, those different institutes where we go and, and teach at them as ulama. As, as. We don't know the market value. We don't know what they're charging the people. We don't know that they're selling these things like that. We're doing this for the, a lot of times in the early days, they tell us you're doing it for the da'wah and you're not getting paid anything. You don't know the business or how they're making the business or how you're into that and what role you're playing. And again, the market value so islam is teaching us not just to sit there and make ibadah and say how great islam is but the actual practice of islam when we're talking about business because most of our life is about giving and taking buying and selling so to understand these things exist and not to have a again utopian naive mentality towards business is very important so that we're not gullible, as it's going to mention it later. Read the second case, and then the third.
1: The second case is, in which the option, in case of deception, is applicable, is that of nejish, in which the buyer is deceived and ensnared by the artificial outbidding of a fake buyer. This is an illegal act, as it involves fraud and deception to ensnare the buyer. Such a kind of sale... Najsh was prohibited by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who said, what translated means, do not outbid in a sale in order to ensnare others. A similar form of such a fraudulent selling is when the owner of the commodity lies to the buyer and tells him that he has been offered such and such price for his commodity or that he has bought it at such and such a price. Likewise, it is regarded as Najsh when the seller apparently insists on a certain price for his commodity which costs much less than this so that the buyer may take it for the highest price possible For instance, a seller may ask for 10 pounds to sell a commodity that is worth only 5 in order to make the buyer pay a little bit less than 10
0: Okay, now, alhamdulillah another point that has to be understood about these laws is that you can't figure these things out sometimes. You don't know whether the person is telling the truth or not. So the, the ideal in Islam is to taqwa in the seller himself, the buyer himself, right? Because you don't know. When I say the buyer, the buyer who's buying your goods, your wholesale goods, or the seller who's selling you a particular thing. For example, you see this a lot of times when they're selling a property, okay, or a car or something like that. They'll tell you, for example, you need an apartment in Mecca, okay? Well, check out these apartments. This is what you like. You go and you see the apartment, you say, wow, this is great. You know, That's why I tell my people when we go, have a poker face. Don't go in and say it's the best thing since ice cream. Mashallah, I'm glad I'm in the Kaaba's area. Mashallah, Jazakallah, let me kiss your hand. Oh man, this is nice. I'm gonna be living close to the Kaaba. Then as soon as you get back, he's gonna be like, yes, yes, yes. And then when he gets back, his boy is gonna say, Yo, you know what? We just got five s- buyers for that apartment right there. They're willing to buy it for, let's say, he told you uh, 700 or someone told you 700 whatever 700 is, right? Man, they're, they're, these guys are paying 850 for that place. Hmm. You get my point? So now what yes. are you going to do? What kind of situation you're in? You don't know if he's lying to you or not.
1: Yeah. You feel pressured to buy it,
0: <laughs> right? Oh, they said, "Well, look, we want to hold it for you. Give me a thousand. Give me two thousand right now, and I'll hold it for you. Two thousand, yeah."
1: And you know, just
0: because you know, we got a bunch of people who want this property. Ah,
1: uh, I've been, I've been scammed like that, Shay. Okay. <laughs> never again. Okay.
0: <laughs> Maybe not. Never again. Don't say that. Inshallah. Say inshallah. inshallah. Because, you
1: don't, inshallah, because never you don't. again.
0: You don't know if he's telling you the truth or not. Okay. You don't know. Mm. So, how can you find out? You can't find out. Only Allah knows. So, what you can resort yourself to know that is Allah knows this guy is cheating me and using the deen to cheat me, you know, then Allah will get him and give me back what I deserve. Alhamdulillah. Allah. Literally. Yeah. You know? So, yes, but what I like about business transactions is that you are learning gain. You don't got to go to no pimp, <laughs> you don't got out to the streets. You don't, go street. don't got to go, you're going to hear a lot of these guys Oh man, I know the streets, man, like this, that, and everything. And they may, some people may, you know, you learn things by growing up in your environments. But Islam doesn't demand that you have to go through that to learn these things. Okay? Learn the deen, and the deen teaches you the best thing, the best game, and how to avoid it. Third case, and then we're going to end. Okay?
1: Yes, sir. The third case in which an, the option in case of deception is applicable is that of a gullible buyer. In this regard, Imam Ibn al-Qayyim said, The Prophet wasallam, says what translated means, Cheating a gullible buyer is a kind of riba.'
0: Read it again. The Prophet, cheating wasallam, a gullible
1: said- buyer. The Prophet wasallam, said what may mean, Cheating a gullible buyer is a kind of riba.'"
0: Think about that. And you see, this is, this, I said before, you know, this is what we find happening a lot of times. But part of being gullible is our fault now. Because we're grown, we should not be so gullible. We should learn what the market price, do some research. Okay? Go ahead. Continue.
1: now. Nah. A gullible buyer is a person who does not know the actual value of goods and is not good at bargaining. Rather, such a person, out of his kind nature and innocence, trusts the seller. Thus, if such a buyer is gravely deceived through a sale, he has the right of option whether to cancel the deal or not.
0: Okay, let me tell you something. You find this from American Westerners all over the world. They're they're not used to bargaining. They see the price written on the thing and they think that's what the price is. (laughs) Where in in the rest of the world, that could be double the price, okay? Mm. And then the guy, because he says no the first two times, you think, well, he said no. (laughs) And that's because we are more honest than we think we are. And we're not trying to waste the guy's time. But they have more time than they have money. So they'll sit there and argue with you. I know one of my friends from Nigeria. He said he plans on going in the store and sitting down for 45 minutes. He said, they're going to pay me to leave. (laughs) (laughs) He said he's going to sit there and argue with them and not be rude about it, quietly, peacefully, demand his price, and not leave. And yes. swear by Allah, I'm not leaving until you give it to me for this particular price. And he's sitting there. And he said, I'm going to keep calling out that price when anybody walks in the store. So they're going to think that's what the price is. Until finally, the people say, "Here, man, you take it and get out of here. Don't tell nobody we gave it to you <laughs> for this price. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> he did it. We were in Turkey. He said, watch. Watch, he said, "You Americans, you got more t- you got more money than you got time. I don't have no money. I got time, and I gotta get this stuff. and he just this guy's just peacefully calmly walking in, there, sit down. no, no, no. he's going to take the tea drink the tea <laughs> he's good at bar yeah, he's, he's good at good, good at bargaining, okay? So we Americans have to realize that we are are gullible because we're not connected geographically to most of the world. And so that distance doesn't allow us to get experience in bargaining. And so we get cheated a lot of times. I've seen Americans come, and plus there's another thing, language difficulty. You know, when people come and don't know the language. I've seen guys come pay car prices and cab prices and product prices. And way above the, the market value. Way above the market value. You can get from Jeddah to the Kaaba, dropped off right at the Kaaba for 20 real. I've seen people pay 100 and change or 200, because the cab guy tells me, "Hey man, we'll take you to the Kaaba, 100 real. Oh man, that's it. Let me go. And they think, "Wow, I'm getting a deal here." You know. And they don't realize how inexpensive it is because they don't know, they're not familiar with this, they're, they're gullible. Okay, so, you know, it is what it is. We have to learn some of these things. okay? Now, of course, if there's extenuating circumstances, you know, you're gonna pay more for certain things, but you, the point is to learn the market value, okay? And like he says here, do out of the person's kind nature and innocence there's nothing wrong with being kind or innocent. The person is not stupid because he's gullible. That's another thing. You're not a dummy. Kind, innocent person. And it doesn't hurt, usually it doesn't hurt the Westerner because it's part of his experience. The point here is that Islam is teaching us not to be gullible, okay? So in general speaking, go ahead.
1: Yes, sir. Generally speaking, selling based on deception is prohibited, as it is a means of cheating the buyer. In some markets of Muslims, when a new merchant offers some goods for sale, the main market merchants conspire and send one of them to bargain with the seller for a lower price. Thus the seller becomes obliged to sell him the goods at a cheap price, as nobody else outbids. Afterwards the buyer returns to his fellow merchants to divide the goods amongst themselves. This is a prohibited sale for it's a kind of deception and injustice. In such a case, the deceived seller has a right of option to cancel the deal and restore his goods once he knows about the plot. Whoever commits such deceitful transactions must give them up and turn to a law in repentance. Also, whoever is acquainted with the legal ruling on such sales must show his disapproval of those who practice them and report them to those in authority in order to receive deterrent punishment.
0: Okay, so you know, again, I told you that when you went to the the, the flea markets, they do this, right? They go over there, they want to buy all your stuff, and they do split it up. Even they don't even exchange money, they exchange goods. Let me get three of you those, know, let me get ten, I'll give you back the money, blah, 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 blah. They, and it's all game that these guys are doing, and they're so used to doing it amongst themselves. And You're not in the crew, so you don't know about it. Unless one of them comes and tells you, hey, anything, and this guy ripped you off or and usually he's doing that, telling you so he can get a better deal with you or for your product or your, gear, your stuff. You know, and, and, and it is doggy dog. You know, dog eats dog. So you have to understand and don't be gullible and don't believe that these people just because they are Muslim or have a beard or because they're dressed in a thobe or because of any other thing. He says he's Salafi or whatever he tells you, he's going to do good business with you. Sadly, most of the cases that we deal with after family issues deal with business issues. Okay. And we can do less about business issues than we can about family issues. Because usually the, the person who has taken, has, has taken advantage and done that deception thing doesn't even want to listen to us, doesn't even want to come. And they take a very, very arrogant stance because they know we're not the police. Okay? And they know these, these what are you going to do? Just don't do business with us more. And nowadays, nobody cares if you badmouth them. Then they'll go and say, hey, man, you're slandering me. Oh, my goodness. And screaming like that. So you have to understand that these things happen. And be aware of them. And don't be gumru. Gumru is gullible. Naive. We have to stop here. Because we wanted to just do a short class today. Okay may Allah bless you nah, and we will true. continue later on inshallah taala subhanak allahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa JazakAllah ilaik
1: um zakallah hayya shayk
0: Waalaikumussalam. rahmatullah There's a lot of background noise. That's why I didn't say anything. That's no problem. I understand. I understand. It was, I was trying to stop the, the audio. I was, I was. This what the problem was. I'm sorry if there's a whole bunch of background. Background noise on your side or on my side? I guess either. Assalamu alaikum. I don't know thing's not ending.